Hallelujah. We are in the middle of a series today. We are doing part two of how we can know the will of God or how you can know the perfect will of God for your life. One of the things, as I said last week, is that one of the major questions I've had in my walk with God is how can I be in the perfect will of God? Because you'll note that when you're in the perfect will of God, things will work out in your life. How do I know if my choices or the career I follow, the person I marry, the place I go to stay at, any of those decisions, how do I know if they are the perfect will of God? How can I determine? It's easy for us to determine what the perfect will of God when it comes to what the Bible says. I don't have to ask any question if it is God's will for me to walk in divine healing because the Bible already tells me that by the stripes of Jesus I am healed. I don't have to ask any questions if God wants me to walk in victory in my life because the Bible already tells me that God has made me more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Can I hear a good amen in the house? So there are those questions I don't have to answer, but, but what about the choice of my career? What about the choice of a spouse? What about to enter into a business enterprise, have a business venture? Is that God's will for my life? You know, what about what I give my life to? I spend the days of my life in doing, in, in terms of the moving on of my life. How do I know God's will? And so we saw last week in Romans chapter 12, uh, verse Two in particular that says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we established that there is what we call the perfect will of God and the imperfect will of God. Romans 12, the verse we've read, it tells us about what we can call the good will of God. In other words, it's God's will, but it's good, you know. And then it tells us about the acceptable will of God. You know, what you're doing is not wrong. God accepts it, but it's not his perfect will. But we also read about the imperfect will of God. So we used only two categories. We said we have the perfect will of God and we have the imperfect will of God. And we saw that when we walk in the perfect will of God, this is a place where God wants us to be. God is pleased with us when we are in the perfect will of God. In God's perfect will, we are excellently positioned. We are fitting exactly into God's original plan for our lives. In God's perfect will, this is where our needs are met. God will empower you in fulfilling what you need to fulfill. As a matter of fact, it's in the perfect will of God, that provision for your mission will be there. Whatever you follow, whatever you pursue, God will provide for you. Like one minister says, God will always pay for what he orders. But if he didn't order it, and if he didn't tell you to do it, he's not going to pay for it. Can I hear a good amen? But then we also have the imperfect will of God. We said in the perfect will of, imperfect will of God, this is where God allows us. You know, to do what we do, sometimes because of our disobedience or our rebellion, but we are not in his perfect plan. And we noted last week that if we push in a certain direction long enough and force things, God will allow it, even if it's not his perfect will, but we will have 
to stand for the consequences of our wrong decision. We said in the imperfect will of God, you may have God's favor for a while. Things may work out for a while, but all of a sudden, the bottom is going to drop out of the container and things are going to be all over the place. In the imperfect will of God, we are in inappropriately positioned and we become unqualified for our job. And you know, one of the things that I should have mentioned last week is that, you know, in the imperfect will of God, this is where you end up with a life that goes in cycles. You know, there are many people who've never worked out why their life is not moving forward. Now, let me qualify. We do all experience times of challenge, all right? There are times when you do what is right, but the results that you get don't match the effort, right? There are times when we all go through struggles, you are doing the right thing, but it's not the good results that you're getting. However, if you are living in that mode all the time, okay? If you're always living in that critical mode where things are not working all the time, nothing is working for you, and it's just, just one year, it's not just two years, all right? It's not just three years, huh? it's, it's not just four years, it's six years now, it's 10 years, then uh, you, you begin, you need to start asking yourself, am I really in the perfect will of God? Because it's almost like if we were to give you directions to go to Pretoria, and we say you get on the N1, and you go to Pretoria, to N1 South. And so you drive out of here, you get on a road, and three months later, you haven't arrived in Pretoria. Come on now, are you, are you listening to what I'm saying? I think we can all agree that if you haven't arrived in Pretoria, three months from now, and you are driving a healthy car, and you kept on driving nonstop, up. can I hear a good amen today? So sometimes people don't ask themselves, here you are, things not working out in your life. You're moving from one thing to the other, one career to the other, one job to the other, one friendship to the other. You're doing all kinds of things, but nothing's working in your life. Nothing's working. Nothing that you're trying to do is working. All right? Nothing's working. And it's many years. Now, some people try for the shorter route. They like to say, no, you know? Yeah. I, 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 how many of you are sitting next to someone who likes to say those kind of things? Now, that's an easier option. That's a cheaper option. It's a lazier option because it takes the responsibility and puts it on somebody else. Many people don't want to take responsibility for their lives. If it is, my sister, my brother, things are not working out in your life and it's been a long, 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 long time. And it doesn't look like you're going to see the light of day. So what we are trying to do is to determine what is the perfect will of God? What are the steps of knowing God's will? Last week we said, number one, the word of God is the will of God. That's the one I mentioned. Whatever is in God's word, that's God's will. I don't have to ask God if God wants me to be healed, it's in his word. I don't have to ask God if God wants my needs to be provided for, it's in his will. And let me say this as I put that more and more points on that. Please, Basalana, don't apologize for that which is God's will. God wants you to be well. Don't apologize for being healed. God wants you to be delivered. Don't apologize for it. God wants your needs to be met. God wants you to have a house to live in, food on the table. God wants you to have a job. Don't apologize for it. God wants you to prosper. Don't apologize for your prosperity. You understand what I'm saying? Don't apologize for it. It's God's will. Don't even ask yourself. Don't even pray about it. It's God's will. And if your needs are not provided for, 
Well, just know you need to believe God for it. Let it be something that is settled in your mind. God wants to protect you. Okay, you are protected from the power of the enemy. You don't even have to ask God to protect you. You must just acknowledge what God has already said. All right. You see, I, I was in Tanin yesterday, came back very late last night when we traveled. I prayed when we left in the morning yesterday. I said, Father, I want to thank you that you are with us on this journey. So you don't have to ask if God is with you. We say, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. So I don't have to go into a long prayer of asking that the angels must be there. Oh, I sprinkle the blood of Jesus. I don't have to do any of that. What I have to say is that, God, I know you're not a man to lie. You're not the son of man to change your mind. You said you will be with me. You said if I abide in the shadow of the Almighty, if I abide in the secret place, if I abide in your word, you are going to protect me. So I just want to acknowledge Can I hear an amen? So whatever is in the word of God is the will of God. Tell your neighbor, God's word is God's will. Tell them again, God's word is God's will. Number two, you need to listen to the witness of the Holy Spirit in your spirit. You need to listen to the witness of the Holy Spirit in your spirit. This is what I want to explore quite a lot with you if time allows us today. All right? Listen to the witness of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who dwells in you, one of the major, major, major tasks and assignments of the Holy Spirit is to guide you. All right? Jesus says when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. One translation says, he will guide you into all reality. The Holy Spirit has been given the assignment to become your guide. He does a better job than Siri. Are you there, He does a better job than Google Maps. And what's that other one that you like that I'm going to tell him about? Waze, yeah. The Holy Spirit does bet a better job than Waze. If you will learn to follow him, if he, say, if he says recalculating, listen, and change the course of your life and follow what he says. And I'm going to show you how he speaks to us. Because most people don't know how the Holy Spirit speaks. All right? Romans 8, verse 14 and 16. It says, Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and 16. If you can have it up on the screen, please. It reads as follows. As many as are led for those... No, can I have it in the King James Bible, please? Not the NIV. For as many as are led... By the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. So, this is the thing, Bazalon. The Holy Spirit will bear witness with your spirit. All right? Tell your neighbor, the Holy Spirit will bear witness, thank you, with your spirit. Now, when the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirits, I'm going to talk to that, to that a little bit more, but let me qualify it. It's not necessarily a voice that you hear. But it's a, it's a, how do I say it? An inward sense, not feeling, but it's an inward sense. And I'll describe it a little bit. Let's go to 1 John 2, verse 20 and 27 in the King James Version Bible. 1 John 2, 20 and 27. All right? For you have, note, it says, for you have an unction from the Holy One. Somebody say you have an unction from the Holy One. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you have an unction 
from the Holy One. Now the word unction is it's an old term which is the anointing. And in simply the anointing is simply the presence of God upon you. Or the presence of God in your life. So you have the presence of God, you have the unction, the presence of God on you, and it comes from the Holy One. It comes from God. But note what it says. It says, and you know all things. And you know all things, all right? Now note, don't the next verse. Note the next verse. Verse 27, rather. Let's go to the verse 27. Verse 27 says, but the anointing which you have received, this unction that you have received, note what it says. It abides in you. Right? So the Holy Spirit abides in you. The word abide means to dwell, to stay, to have a permanent residence in. So the Holy Spirit is constantly and consistently abiding inside of you. He's at home in you. All the time. Now I'm making that point because I want you to realize you, all the time the Holy Spirit is in you. Which means no matter where you are, which time of day it is, the, the, the Holy Spirit, who is your guide, who's your guide, all right, who's better than Siri, better than Waze, better than Google Maps, he abides in you. So all the time, at any situation, you have the potential of receiving guidance. I said you have the potential. I didn't say you will receive guidance. It depends if you can hear what he's saying. That, that's the issue. Right? So it says, and the, the anointing which you have received of him, of him abides in you, and all right says, and you don't need that any man teach you. Now, you know, it's, 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 it's very, it sounds contradictory. The other one says, you know all things. That's verse 20. Verse 27 says, you need not that anyone teach you. Now, let me qualify. What it's actually trying to tell us is this, that in areas where you are going to need extra knowledge. The role and the job of this inward guide is to give you that knowledge. So you need not that anybody teach you. Let me give you an example. When you are uncomfortable about something, you don't need somebody to tell you you're wrong. You already know all things. The, the, the spirit that abides in you is teaching you who are wrong to When you're uncomfortable, you know, this is what I've often found out. People come and ask you, is it wrong to smoke or not? All right. Is there any verse in the Bible who would tell you to sing a vape? All right. Now, here's the question. This is what I say to people. I say to them, you've never asked me if it was wrong to eat food. You've never asked me. Now, why are you asking me about the vaping? I'll tell you why you're asking me about the vaping. Because my vapor in here are all comfortable. Right? So, in other words, you already know what to do. You don't need anybody to tell you who that's wrong. wrong. Now, it doesn't mean how you can't sin. You can't sin. Mar, you can't sin comfortably. Are you there, Basalana? Why? Because this unction, this anointing that abides, he's eating you all the time. This unction 
that abides in you, he is teaching you all things. Or if you don't say amen, the heavens are saying a better amen than you. Amen. So it's not a question of not knowing. It's a question of do you yield to what you already know? Are you there, Basalan? Now, let's define this more. What is the inward witness? What is the inward witness? 1 John 5.10 says, He that believeth on the Son of God has the witness in himself. That's 1 John 5.10. He that believeth on the Son of God has the witness in himself. Our interpretation of that verse in the early days is that Umausin the sea we see. Eh? Oya heaven hey. Olem zalona za. Upulusiso pu. How pulusiso otlabalebo part. In other words, you uzo nigu fagas to go to sin the sea. Now that is correct. Onen dota na unani. Ufaga yempela uzo fagas. Amara. That verse is not limited to that. Listen to this. What this verse is saying is that he who has the Son of God has an inward confirmation who to sin the sea. It's not just about you giving a testimony who to sin the sea, but it's about you having an inward confirmation who to sin the sea. And, and this verse for me means a lot because you see, I went to church since I was six years old. All right? My parents tell me, of course. <laughs> Since I was six years old. So, so I really was raised in church for a good part of my life. But I remember in the 70s, at the height of political activism and when we were learning a lot about so many things and questioning how the, our former oppressors had used the Bible and all of that, and we were questioning lots of things. One of my friends asked me one day, to do, I believe God's word. I said, of course I do. And I wasn't born again at the time. 19, 1970, I think 1975 or so, 76, 77. I said, oh, of course I'm born again. He said, uh, what's going to happen? He said, he said to me, well, there's no God. I said, no, there's God. He said, there's no heaven. God, no, there's heaven. He said, okay, uh, when you die, what happens to you? Get, well, I'll go to heaven. Then he said to me, are you sure if you die, you'll go to heaven? You know, I don't want to lie to you. I don't know. You know that question? Hey, young Krupa, yes. He asked me straight to go to, are you sure? In other words, do you have an inward assurance? What is called an inward witness? Are you sure? 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 And I'm asking all of you, are you really sure? Are you really sure that if you were to die now, you'd go to heaven? I couldn't convincingly answer that question. Why? Because there was no witness in here. There was no inward confirmation in here. So, I answered him. I don't remember what I said, but I was trying to tell him. I, I, I didn't say it with conviction. And the whole week that bothered me. The next week it bothered me. It bothered me for several years. 
until 1978. On the 8th of August, 1978, when I received Christ as Savior and Lord, that day, when I received Christ, immediately, that uncertainty disappeared. Immediately, I had a confirmation meeting in the seal. Immediately, I went looking for my friend. I mean, ever since he asked me the question, I think it was 1975 when he asked me, for three years, it's so cold. Because you see, it doesn't matter how much you can clothe yourself in religious talk and in religious observance. It doesn't matter how much of the Bible you know. It doesn't matter how many times we baptize you. If you are not born again, there's no witness on the inside. Yeah. You can try, Barcelona, to live the Christian life and conform. And there are people who are good moral people. I was a good moral person. I was good. I wasn't smoking. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't going around with women. I was okay. I was okay. But even if you are morally good, being morally good doesn't mean you are born again. Being raised in a Christian home doesn't mean you are born again. Come on now. Not smoking, not drinking doesn't mean you are born again. Look at your neighbor and say, Amen. So this verse tells us that if we have the Son, we have the witness in ourselves. Let me read that verse 10, uh, 1 John 5, 10. He that believeth on the Son of God has the witness in himself. He that believeth on God has made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave his Son. So that word witness, Barcelona, is the word, if you want to write it down, is spelled M-A-R-T-U-R-I-A. If you want to pronounce it, it's pronounced maturia. Maturia. M-A-R- T-U-R-I-A. And that word means evidence. Evidence that's given judicially or generally. You know in the courts, Barcelona, what works in the courts that's going to win you case, a case is you have to prove beyond any shadow of doubt. You must give evidence. Right? So this verse says, if you have the son, you'll have an inward evidence. It's an evidence of your, your heart, your spirit, will confirm with the Holy Spirit to go to There will be an inward assurance. When they ask you that question, you are not going to Ungingis. No Ungingisi. You will answer it with conviction uting Sindisiu. This is the same thing when it comes to the call of God. There are many people who go into, let me talk about my field, who become pastors, who don't have the call of God on their lives. And when you ask him, did God call you? By Ungingis. You see, you have to make sure, whichever direction you go, there's an inward assurance in here. Uguti, you are following the right direction. Are you there, Bagetina? That word also means a record or a report or a testimony. Look at Acts chapter 27. And I want us to read, uh, uh, I just want to read verse 1, I think, verse 10, rather. Paul is on a voyage. He's with a lot of people that are on this ship, Right? They are traveling, and Paul starts getting an inward witness. Something inside that his sense is going to happen. Now, it's just an inward sense. You can't, there's no physical evidence that's there. You can't give anyone physically anything. In other words, in an outward way, you can't prove it. But in here, you know it's going to happen. Uh, People use different words. Some people talk about premonition. Premonition. In fact, if I may say, you know, uh, 
One person observed, particularly back then, Barcelona, when we were not also hectic and also busy, that uh, women seem to have more premonition than the men. Uh, and, and one of the reasons then is that okay, back then, you know, women used to stay at home and not work. And, and, and they, could, they were more in contact with what's happening on the inside. See, when you are quiet, uh, you, you, can, you can sense what's going on inside. When you are busy, you, you crowd out the voice of your, of your heart. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say to you? Now, I'm not saying the ladies don't have more premonition than us men. I'll give that to you, ladies. You do have it. However, because things have changed so much and we're all working, we're all hectic, we're all in the traffic, we're all frustrated because there's some learner who's driving on the right-hand lane at two kilometers per hour and they're not going to go to the left lane no matter what you do. And when you are frustrated like that, and you're, you're not going to hear your inward witness. You know, you, you, you want to overtake them and you want to say, tell them a thing or two that is not very sanctified. You say that way, you're not going to hear the inward witness. And this is where, therefore, times of quietness in the presence of God are so important. Why? Because it's in these quiet times of solitude, in prayer, in meditation of God's word, in praying in the spirit, that you can, you can sort of connect and hook up with your inward man. It's almost like when you're driving in certain places and the signal is poor, then Siri doesn't work. Siri is there, but she can't talk because you are in a dead spot. The Holy Spirit, who is better than Siri, better than ways, right? If you are in a space where you are disconnected and you are crowding out the voice of the Holy Spirit, you won't hear. Mara, most people, Basalana, many times when they made a wrong decision, they knew about it. They said, you know what? Kineke doubt. Mara, you didn't know who without doubting was Siri going recalculating. And because you didn't know how Siri speaks, you didn't recognize it as the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Many people, they will tell you, you know, Mangtangale Moto, I wasn't sure. Mangtangalomuntu, Benyakosho, Marangoba Muse. So the Muse crowded out the inward witness. And that's why it's important for us to learn to pray about things. Listen what Paul says. Paul says to them, says, I perceive. Somebody say, I perceive. I perceive. Say it again. Tell your neighbor, I perceive. I perceive. Tell them again. Note what Paul didn't say, God told me. He didn't say an angel appeared. He says, I perceive. I perceive. Why? Because when you got born again, God changed you on the inside. He made you a new creature. And the Holy Spirit came to abide inside of you. And the Holy Spirit works together with your born again spirit. And he communicates to your spirit. He doesn't communicate with your mind. He doesn't communicate with your body. You can't rely on your feelings. There are things that you, you sense in here, but they don't make any rational sense. They are not logical. Marakamo, you sense. This is the way to go. This is what I must do. He says, I perceive. I perceive that this journey, this voyage, will be with hurt and much damage. 
Not only for the leading and the sheep, but also for our lives. He had that perception. He was, he was trying to convince the, 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 the sailors, the captains of the ships, not to set sail, not to go on that trip. Many people, you, you find, you want to go to some place, something in here is telling you not to go. Mara logic and your plans crowd out the perception. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so they did set sail. Paul couldn't do anything about it. He wasn't the captain. They did set sail and certainly what Paul said happened. Thank God God was gracious enough to spare their lives but they lost the ship and they lost all the cargo. There was a warning. There was an alert. Danger ahead. How many people have been warned by God? Danger ahead. Danger ahead. But you see, because we didn't know that's how God speaks, or if we knew we were ignoring that, and we were allowing that, you see, we end up in the wrong place. So how do you identify the inward witness? Let me give you the following points as our time is kind of counting down. Number one, the inward witness is an inward sense or an inward feeling, and I put it in inverted commas. It's not in your head, it's not in your body, it's in your heart. I'm not talking about if Felix means or Jacob to no, no. It's a sense, something inside, or sometimes better still, your conscience. Sometimes you are just not comfortable. There's a sense of discomfort on the inside. Discomfort on the inside. It's an inward sense or an inward feeling. Number two or B. He says, "You like well, not much more questions. You A, B." Subsection 1. B, this inward witness, note Barcelona, is characterized by peace, stillness, and inward good feeling. Like somebody said, a velvety-like feeling. If it is a yes. If God is saying yes, if the inward witness is guiding you to look, you are doing the right thing, you are, you are making the right decision, is the right direction to go, yes, there will be peace, there will be tranquility, there will be stillness, there will be, there'll be that inward velvety-like feeling. Ah, it's like going through a green light. Ah, the light is green. But how fast highly red? You know, only red will off it. Which leads me to my... Third point, C. If it is a no, it's like going through a red light. Or first tell of it. Mara, come on now, shall say. You're going ahead, Mara, you're not comfortable. Somebody said, it is almost like washing your feet with your socks on. Doesn't feel right. You, you put, your, your, you, you put your, your feet in the water, you got your socks on, just feels awkward. If it's a no, you have a bad feeling, a red signal. There's no peace. Most of all, there's discomfort. Oftentimes when people ask, is this the right thing? Most of the time they already know it's not the right thing. They, they, they know. They already know. Is it right for me to vape? Why would? Because the vaping, you've not been, you don't feel good about it. You don't feel good. You don't feel good. Unless you've reached a point where Cyril Abuwa, Hausa Mood. 
Because you can so violate your conscience that even if it speaks, you don't hear it anymore. Yeah? All right? Let's build more on that. So, the inward witness, if it's a no, you'll be restless. People sometimes don't sleep at night. Right? You made a decision, man. So what do we do? We take tablets, sleeping tablets, to quieten down Siri. Mara. Yeah, and this is where, why people sometimes like to be intoxicated. Because you, when you're intoxicated, you numb all the feelings that you feel when you are sober. So rather go into an altered state of consciousness. That's why when people are intoxicated, they can run through certain boundaries. They can do things that they would never do when they're sober. Because when you're sober, So I'm going to be intoxicated so that I can cross that line. But listen, my son, continual crossing on that line is the most damaging thing you can ever do to yourself. Because if it is that, if it is, if it is God's way of guiding us, you are messing up. You are messing up your coordination for your journey. Yeah. You are messing up the settings. It's a series. He's going to give you wrong settings now. Yeah. Instead of you going to Limpopo, it puts you on the N1 North. It's going to put you on M1 East. You've messed up with the settings. There are so many people who mess up with their inward settings by constantly pushing the boundaries and just doing things. Even when it says no, you push. You push and push and push. You keep doing it and doing it and doing it. So at the end, you no longer know how God speaks. For God to speak now, he must take a megaphone. No, but the soft voice, you can't hear anymore. Most people, many people don't realize. A lot of people who end up in a lot of problems, when we find out about it, that's not when they started. It started a long time ago. When you find someone who's been sentenced to prison and they say he is a uh, serial whatever or hardened criminal, hardened, that's the key. But this hardened criminal didn't start by killing five people. No. Doing small and other things. And when Siri said, don't do it, they. So the more you zing zong, the more your tolerance level goes to your high. You see, when people do wrong, we, we keep on doing wrong, doing wrong. And this is why I tell people don't follow somebody because they call themselves a Christian and they're doing strange things. Don't follow them, even if they've been a Christian for a long time, even if they're a bishop. If a bishop wants to sleep with you and you are not the wife, don't listen to the prophecy and the false prophecy that comes out of this guy. If when you feel no bishop, I correct. Don't listen to bishop. When I just go, obey your conscience. Don't fall prey. To these supposed to be spiritual people who are forcing you against your conscience. And this is where the Christian community is. Listen, Barcelona, don't allow anybody to push you beyond your conscience. Doesn't matter who they are. 
Doesn't matter if they say they saw the angel or Gabriel is sitting on their right shoulder or they are what what. It doesn't matter. If it violates the word of God and if there's an inward something that says no, you walk away in the name of Jesus. And don't let him threaten you. God will strike you. God's not going to strike you. Leave that person. Hallelujah. Now here's the thing. This inward witness is a still small voice. It is so faint that if you are not still and you are not quiet, you may not be able to hear it. And I use the word voice advisedly because oftentimes it's not a voice you hear. It's a sense that you have. It's a sense that you have. Ah, I need to close. I'm not happy that I'm closing. Let me close with this, Bazalan. Follow the peace of God. Tell your neighbor, follow the peace of God. Tell them again. Tell them again. Read Colossians 3.15 with me, please. Colossians 3.15. It says, and let the peace of God rule in your heart, in your inward man. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are also called in one body and be ye thankful. This is a big verse. Remember numbers alive. Let the peace of God be the navigator of your life. This verse says, let the peace of God rule. One translation says, let the peace of God guide you. Note this. The peace of God is generated by the Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts. And the word rule in this verse, it means to be the umpire. It means to arbitrate, to direct, to govern. Listen to this. God is using peace to govern you. Here we go. If you don't have peace about it, don't go. If you don't have peace about it, don't go. If you are this uncomfortable, we have you can't sleep about it. We cry. Don't go. Listen, God's not gonna punish you for taking longer to make a decision because you want to be you want to be sure you are making the right decision. Don't allow people to push you into decisions. Go to sign here, sign here, sign here. The offer here, sign here, sign here. Here, here, here. This text that we get. You've been selected to get 20,000. Press two. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. And they say, in the next 15 minutes, the offer will be over. So if you tell them, Ali, we are pressed. And then they say, we want your PIN number, we want your ID number, and, and what about 20,000 when I saw your present I don't like people who put pressure on me. And I will not let anybody pressurize me into a decision. I'm very bad with people who pressurize me because oftentimes when you are pressured, you are making a decision out of pressure. They psych you up, put you lots of information, lots of emotions. What do men fail? And in that state of being emotional, you can't hear what Siri is saying. So I like to say, like, cooling down period. Yeah. If you've made an offer to purchase, how many, how many days is it? You've got seven days to cool down. 
So I tell them, no, I'll think about it. I, I'm not signing. Or even if you've signed, you still have a, you can still change your mind. Yeah. So in these seven days, go and pray. So I don't like it when they say, no, there's only four left. Four items left. Where now you are, you are already getting, the, there's already four items left. Pay 20,000. Now, if we're going to and say, I'm going to sign three left. You can see it. Barcelona, don't ever make decisions like that. Are you there, Barcelona? If you don't have peace about it, don't do it. Don't do it. But you see, we are looking for God to speak in other ways when he's been speaking to us all the time. You have the unction in you and you know all things. He says, and the same actions guides you and you know all things. You need not that anybody teach you. There's no need someone already know who wrong mole, who wrong mole, who wrong mole. You already know who wrong. But listen to me. I'll close with this. The Holy Spirit is meant to be our teacher and our guide. I don't know how many of you have ever gotten into a confrontation with somebody and you gave them a piece of your mind. Now, don't, 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 don't give me that innocent look. Come on. Say something. Yeah. You gave them a piece of and everything and right. Be right. But after afterwards, particularly when you went to bed at night, allow me to say it this way. Something said to you. And it was your right to give them a piece of your mind. Now here you have a choice. You have a choice to stubbornly say it was my right to tell them. Or you have a choice to follow the inward guide. Either you have an unction that abides in you. And the same anointing that dwells in you teaches you to abide in him. Let me, let, me, let me unfold that for you. Let me read. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you need not that anyone teach you but the same anointing teaches you all things and it's truth and it's not lie and even as he has taught you, you shall abide in him. So in other words, the purpose of the anointing inside is to teach us to abide in Christ. What does it mean? It's to teach us Christ-likeness. The Holy Spirit in you wants to teach you Christ-likeness. That's, 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 of, the other, of the many other things he guides us and directs you us into is to teach you Christ-likeness. So here you are, you've given somebody a piece of your mind and it's your right. Right? It's your right. And the Holy Spirit starts giving you it discomfort. Mautu Yalala, you can sense which as an uncle Mangagash. That was not right. What I said was right, but the way I said it was not right. Now watch. If you go and apologize and you follow the inward witness, in your spiritual development, you develop to become more like Christ in terms of addressing issues. 
Because Christ-likeness, when you are a matured Christian who's Christ-like, there are certain ways you are not going to talk to people like that. That's Christ-likeness. So the, the Holy Spirit in us is there to teach us to abide in Christ. To teach us to be Christ-like. Right? Right? You see somebody who came and they had a car, they bought a new car, and they're your friend, and they were excited to come tell you about the new car, and you, you felt it jealousy. You just felt it jealousy in general. It's raining, let's tell the truth. now. Come on. You just felt over jealous. Uber jealous. And your feeling said, don't say anything. Don't congratulate them. So you answer them, Mara. You answer in the Muguba to Lisa and to get rid of them. Maofige Kai. In here. He says, Msalwana Go and congratulate them properly. You see, Ukulukuluku Nigi take two. Usi Ruti recalculating. I'm going to see a recalculate. Now. If you want to learn to be Christ-like, you learn to follow the guide. So next time you go to your friend, even if you don't tell them who to be jealous the other day, you start congratulating them in a genuine way. Mamelang, Bazalang, Mamelang. This is important. This is important. You see, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit works not only on our actions, but on our intentions. And that is where the issue about being a true Christian becomes very dicey because I can act right outwardly. But inside, Kirinjaye. And the person that I'm acting towards in the right way may never know. Uguti, much as I'm blessing them with my, with my actions, this is where God comes in. Hey, don't be a hypocrite. Don't come with the right actions, Mara, your heart is far from what you're doing. This is why the Holy Spirit works on the inside. This is why the Bible talks about the Word of God being alive and it's powerful and it's able to divide asunder between joints and marrow, soul and spirit. It says the Word of God is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Nkulunkulu goes into your spiritual heart like and takes the surgical instrument of the Word and the Holy Spirit and cut out the cancers there. And if you respond to the Holy Spirit, you become Christ-like. Wherein your inward thoughts and your inward intentions are consistent with what we portray on the outside. And this is where only God is the true judge of character. Only God, because when I say nice to see you, God knows what's going on in my heart. He knows if I say nice to see you, he knows what the come is in only God can see that. No other human being can see that. That's why you and I, we are such a bad judge of genuineness and integrity. Because we only look at what people do, we don't see what they intend. And this is why the, the gospel is so powerful. Because the gospel, Dr. A.R. Bernard, I've told you this before, man, I've got to say it because it's consistent with what I talk about. He says the, the power of the gospel is that the gospel 
has what he calls the first strike effect. The gospel doesn't just correct your actions. The gospel talks to your intentions. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions. In your heart about your jealousy that nobody sees. The justice system, they have to arrest you because of your actions. So the justice system tries to rehabilitate your actions. The gospel arrests your actions when there are still thoughts in your mind. So if there is a powerful tool that can change the lives of people, it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because God doesn't wait for you to commit the act. God stops you even when you are thinking about it. That's why we must preach this gospel. Because it is only the gospel that can truly change the hearts of the people. Only the gospel. Everything else does what you have done. They respond to your actions. Yeah, that's why when Jesus saw uh, some of the people coming, what's one of the disciples where he says, here comes a man in whom there's no guile. You remember who it was? I, I forget the name of this. Pardon? Nathaniel, that's right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. When Jesus saw Nathaniel coming, he said, here is a Jew in whom there's no guile. He hadn't done anything. He just came out with Lomofats. He says, here's the Jew in whom there's no guile. Because God doesn't just... See our actions. He knows them. He knows what's going on inside of us. And that's why it always confuses us the way God chooses people. Because God knows there are people who look nice. Marakamona. Kitsunami fella. And on the other hand, there are people whose actions are not so great. They are harsh. They are, they are brittle. They are drunk, drunk. Mara, but nice come and then God judge according to the inward man. So it confuses us with how Ganjan. And that's why only God is the true judge. No human being is the true judge. But you see, that's why we have the inward witness to talk to us on the inside. So as you pray, listen to your inward witness. If you are uncomfortable, if there's no peace. If there's no inward witness, don't do it. Rather take longer to pray about it. Because I can tell you now, any time I've had a discomfort and I still went ahead with the decision, and sometimes it's not about sinning. Maybe you want to buy a property. You see a car. Or you see a house. When you go there, you know, there's no bell that... And, and the seller is, is explaining to you, no, this car, full house. I did the service. You're not at peace. Are you understanding? Why let's say come? Can I know? Can I know? Motor regular go learn a little rims and check them. And then you buy the thing, and then start giving you problems. And then you start spending a lot of money on it, 
and you realize the amount of money that you spent fixing it, if you were to add it to the amount of money you bought it with, you could have bought a, a new car, maybe. Mara, when I know about a soul, you wanted a bargain. Even if come on, you were not sure. You ladies and you guys, he comes, wants to marry you. She comes, she wants to be yours. Mara, come on. Look, no matter how much of a hunk he is, eh? right? Just take longer to pray. Just take longer to pray. I hope this is helping you. I hope this is helping you. Yeah. You see, you see, God's word and the, the, the principles of God's word are the best things we can ever do for ourselves. Now, I know in a service like this, some of you are sitting there thinking, oh, well, Kore, you have the flashback. Anybody having some flashbacks? You have the flashbacks of all this. So here it is. Our goal is not to make anybody feel guilty. Ours is to show us from God's word. And the good thing about God is that God gives us a chance. All right? At least to turn and follow Siri and start recalculating. And that's what we're going to do today. I want us to come before God in prayer. You don't have to feel horrible about it and, and just say, God, you know what? This, that, that, that. I'm sorry. Now, if you look at Don't implicate me. Live with your decisions. Just try to make the best of it. All right. There are certain things. How can you go to now? Don't go quoting me. Good. Hey, because son twenty years old, lovey. He has to pitch up the wash bill and a corner. I want to go to him. Shutting a mistake. No, no, but I'm going to go slam blue. I'm going to go home. Because people quote us. So, Katie, let's go and have Try to make the best of it. Pray for grace. Tell your neighbor. Pray for grace and mercy. Pray for grace and mercy. Ketile, ketile, okay? All right, so if you bought a house, you've already paid, you've been living there for a while, now Kimona, the geezer is gone, the roof is leaking, the doors are not opening, but you, you were not comfortable, Maui Tenga, Mara, because Bait said, no, we will cut 500,000 for you, Watenga. Mind you, so look on to, don't go back and say, no, no, I'm cancer. No, ketile, ketile. Kiakopa, please just try the best. However, you know why some of us are saying a lot about the things we're saying? Because we made lots of mistakes. And some of the results of our errors, we have to live with them. You understand, Basilan? Abraham had to live with the fact that he got a child out of wedlock. And even years after he's gone, we have big trouble in the Middle East. Because of the one day, one wrong decision. So some of our decisions, we have to live with them. It's okay. It's life. Manage it. Manage it the, the best way you can with as much integrity as you can. However, learn from your mistakes. That next time when you have an opportunity to, yeah, give, give. I want, I want those hands. It's raining. I want those hands. Please. Yeah. Learn from your mistakes. 
Sometimes when we talk to younger people, I can see they're not listening. You know what you saw ukulele. Don't think that ukula logo came for free. We've made a lot of mistakes. We've lost money. We've had issues, smoke again. I've had ruined relationships. I've, re- I've regretted in many ways because I didn't listen to the inward witness. And anywhere where I listen to the inward witness, I don't regret at all. But I'm telling you that instead of walking in guilt or anything, learn from your mistakes. Would you raise your hands to the Lord as we pray? Follow me in this prayer and then you can pray your own prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word today. I come before you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for speaking to me. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light on my path. And it's the entrance of your word that brings light, illumination, knowledge, understanding, and insight. Thank you for your grace to open up your word. You've set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have fed me with your word and I I am taking heed to everything that you've said. And now as I come before you, I ask for your forgiveness in areas where I didn't exercise discernment, where I was disobedient, where I went against the inward witness, even if I was uncomfortable, I still went ahead. Please forgive me. And begin to name those areas under your breath. This area, that area, that area. Just name it. This area, that area. And follow me. I put it under the blood of Jesus. Say it with me. I put it under the blood of Jesus. That you forgive me, Lord. In Jesus' name. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost for a while as we play. Just play for us something. Thank you, Jesus. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost as the instruments are playing. The musicians are singing. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Shapatara Yes, we do, Jesus. Just keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed. You can put your hands down and you can take your seats right now. Keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed. In a weather like this, uh, I don't want to take it for granted that 
There aren't people here who may be coming here for the first time. You've been invited. Maybe you've come on your own, but you know that Christ is not the center of your life. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you're like me. You may be doing good and you're a good moral person, but there's no way, in a convincing way, can you answer the question if you are really a born-again child of God. There's no sense of inward confirmation. And today, you want to make sure that indeed, Christ is the Savior of your life. Maybe when you look at your life, there's a lot that has happened and you've been walking far from God and, and you heard God's word and you realize, you know what? As much as things have not gone well in my life, God really loves me. God is really concerned about me. And I really would love my life to be right before God and I need prayer. Whatever your need is, whatever your situation is, those of you who are on YouTube and those of you who are watching on our Facebook, those of you who are watching on our website, wherever you are, that could be your situation right now. And you want to invite Christ to come into your heart. You want to make sure you don't leave this place or where you are. You don't want this day to go by without making sure you have an inward witness an inward confirmation that indeed I'm born again. You don't want to gamble with your eternity. You don't want to be in a space where you are really not sure if you are born again or not. You are really not sure. Let's answer that question once and for all. Our heads bowed and our eyes closed. If you say, Bishop, you know what? I want to make sure today. I really want to make sure. And I need prayer. I've heard God's word. And I'm responding to the preaching. Will you please pray for me? I want to make sure before God today. Would you raise your hand if that is you? Just raise it high. Let me see it. Raise it high. Thank you so much for those hands. Keep it raised. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Those of you who are watching, you can also raise your hand. Even if I may not see you, but just raise your hand as a sign of response. May I ask the people who raise their hands, would you kindly please stand on your feet right where you are? Just stand on your feet, please. You raised your hand. You want to stand on your feet? Just stand. Don't worry about what people say. Don't worry about what people say. Stand on your feet. Are there any others? You want to stand with these people who are standing? Go ahead and stand. Don't leave this to any chance. Do not gamble with it. This has to do with your eternity. Hallelujah. I want to pray for all of you who are standing. If you could take all your belongings, please. Your Bible, your bag, your purse. Don't leave any of your belongings. And come stand here facing the stage. Come stand in the front facing me. Just walk to the front. The ushers will help you. Let's stand and give them a big, 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 big hand, everybody. Come on, Bazalana, give them a big hand. That's good. I love it. Hallelujah.